Hey listeners, this is Danielle. And Shelly. Shelly is a radical Dravidian and racial equity activist. And Danielle is a community mobilizer and change maker. And this is the Medford Bites podcast. Every two weeks, we chew on the issues facing Medford and deliver bites of information about the city by lifting the expertise of our guests. Join us in discussion about what you hope for the future of Medford. And as always, tell us where you like to eat. Thank you so much for being with me here today. Um, if you don't mind just introducing yourself with your name, pronouns, and a bit about who you are. Yeah, sure. Hi, I'm Jimmy Matichek Morris. Um, the pronouns are he and him. And I'm an author for middle grade uh, readers and also young adults. I, uh, I'm originally from New Jersey. I grew up as the middle child of five. <laughs> and so we had a very busy household. <laughs> and um, I always knew that I wanted to do something creative, didn't quite know what that looked like. And so after many years of trying different medias and, and different things, I, I wound up being an author. <laughs> Well, thank you, Jimmy. So, yeah, I'm really happy to have you here and to hear more about your upcoming book. Before we do that, I'd like to ask you the question that we ask everybody on the podcast, which is, what is your favorite place to eat in Medford, and what do you like to eat there? I would say Colleen's, um, and just anything ice cream related is my favorite thing to eat there. Probably the peanut butter sundae is... Ooh. is my absolute favorite thing there it's so good uh, <laughs> today so the college that I went to every fall there's something called Mountain Day where they surprise you by canceling class and the president of the college serves ice cream on top of a mountain and that's, that's actually amazing. yeah it's it's always a nice surprise especially if you haven't done your homework for that day but today's Mountain Day we Ooh. found out yeah so we're gonna go to Colleen's tonight actually to celebrate that's really <laughs> yeah yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm wondering if you could talk a little bit about kind of how you became an author and kind of what, what that looked like for you. Yeah, sure. So as I said in my little intro, I always knew that I wanted to do something creative. So as a kid, I did art, I did a lot of drawing, I thought maybe like I wanted to be a cartoonist or an animator, um, and I kind of went in stages, so then I did theater, I was a theater kid. Um, and then I realized that I was way too shy to be on the stage. And so probably towards the early high school, I realized that maybe I'm a behind the scenes person because being on stage just terrifies me all of a sudden. Um, what else did I do? I did film. So I went to college uh, and I studied film. And so I did some a little bit of screenwriting there. And I, I also I got a degree in film and then another, another degree in English. And so that's when I sort of started to really dive into writing and creative writing and so I think that's sort of where I hit the switch like oh yes I can be uh, an author I can be this sort of like actor with words and I can be shy at the same time <laughs> so I just write a book all by myself I you know I get these characters emotions and all the things that I would do as an actor but then I can just like push it away and you know, not watch anyone as they read it <laughs> So I think that's sort of where I, I wound up as, as an author. I think I, I also, I just always wanted to write for kids rather than adults, mm -hmm. partially because I think I read more for kids <laughs> than adults. I think YA, YA books I find accessible, and I'm a little bit of a slow reader, so I feel like I can get more reading done mm -hmm. if I read middle grade and, and young adult books. Same. Um, and so I think I just always was interested in the the media, the literature that I had growing up, and I was like, I want to 
I want to participate in that mm -hmm. body of work. And so it's always been children's literature for me. So after uh, college, I went to grad school at Simmons College. It's why I moved to the Massachusetts area. They have, they're one of the few programs in children's literature and writing for children. Mm. So that's where I actually started my debut novel, My Ex-Imaginary Friend. This was 2007, so this is a long time <laughs> ago. But my first class was just called, I think, Writing One. And um, it was taught by Joe Knowles, who's this really wonderful YA author. and. Her first book actually came out the year that we had her class. It was a super exciting time, and she was just a super nurturing, supportive mentor. And so I wrote the first maybe five chapters of my ex-imaginary friend in that class. And mm -hmm. She was always so supportive, of like, oh, keep, keep going, this is really good, I want you to keep finishing it. Mm -hmm. And so I did, eventually. Like, I think one thing for me for writing is all of a sudden I'll just have to like, walk away and then mm -hmm. pick it up again. So I, I stuck with it eventually, and that became my debut novel after all those years. I really enjoyed that novel. I, I, I also love YA and like read you know books for younger people, and like the I feel like that book, for me, like it felt like a really digestible way to like think about mental health, like for kids, and maybe in a way they don't they like maybe aren't understanding it at the time. Um, I don't know, do you want to say a little bit about what the book's about? Yeah, so My Ex-Imaginary Friend is about an 11-year-old boy named Jack who used to have an imaginary friend, and then he kind of grows out of him, and, and the imaginary friend George is this part walrus, he just disappears. Um, and then Jack's family begins to disappear in more real-world ways, like his, his father walks out on the family, and his mother's having some mental health issues, and so she kind of drops Jack off at his his aunt's house and she, she disappears and he, he realizes that maybe everyone is disappearing on me and so mm -hmm. maybe to make sense of it I need to find that my former imaginary friend mm -hmm. and, and he can give me peace and, and family and, and just comfort mm -hmm. and so he kind of goes on this journey to find his former imaginary friend who is meanwhile sort of out on his own um, wondering what is the point of an imaginary friend without a person to to imagine them? Mm -hmm. And so it, it alternates points of view between the two as they find one another and then I guess find themselves also. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I feel like there's kind of two important ways to read that book, when, like as a child and also as a parent, like... Well, my son's name is also Jack, so it's kind of fun. But like, like, but also like, you know, there's like very sad parts to the book. But sort of like, I think forgetting as an adult that kids do have like an important perspective and understanding, and like sometimes it feels like there's no way to like bridge what a child understands with what an adult understands. So it's like a nice reminder. Like I think there's like some scenes like between the cousins that are also really nice in that book where they're sort of supporting each other in a very sweet way. But yeah, I really enjoyed it. And Thanks. Yeah, yeah. And I work in mental health as well. So it's like always nice to be able to have like something to reference or like get people to say like, here, this could help you to think about what you're going through. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely wrote, I feel like I write all of my books for myself or for the younger <laughs> version of myself who, you know, is experiencing uh, issues with mental health and, and didn't have the words to, yeah. to articulate them. And, um, and we'll, we'll get into Forsooth, yeah. that was also a little bit of me yeah. figuring out like what I would have could have used as a child. And so I definitely try to touch upon some heavy, heavier subjects 
But I also like just sort of that humor, which in the, my ex-imaginary friend, the character of George, who's the part walrus, is it's very funny, very optimistic. And so it, they, I hope that they create a balance so that it's, it's not all just, you know, a sad book. There's, there's hope, there's humor, mm. heart. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's nice to hear kind of what you hope for people to take yeah. on. Yeah. Great. And so I just wonder, too, like, it sounds like any kind of creative career could be tough, right? Like, it, there's, it seems like there could be some important supports in your life, like people that or like, things that help to support your work, but also maybe some things that have felt hard or, like, barriers to your work. I wonder if you could share that. Yeah, absolutely. So in terms of support, um, my family, my husband, has is... So supportive. He's read every draft. I'll like change a few sentences, and then I'll send him a text and be like, "Can you read these two sentences and tell me which one is better?" Um, he's read everything <laughs> that I've written. So I would say that he's my biggest support. I did. I dedicated the first book to him because of that. Just reading any any word that I've written and supportive, but also firm constructive, you know, when, when needed. Mm. So I think that's been really helpful. Mm. I think one of the things that's really hard, but one of the holdups, probably my, myself, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that sometimes, like if I'm not, some people, some authors are like, oh, you need to write every day. And I don't necessarily do that. I, when I'm in the, like when I'm in the zone, I can, I can do that, but sometimes I'll miss a day or a week or longer and then I start to get in my head and I'm like oh I, I'm not an author what am I doing what's wrong with me and so I feel like when I get in my head um, that's that's one of my biggest hold-ups is just like not being able to, to push myself out of that and I feel like that's another way that my husband has been really helpful because I'll just be like on the couch wrapped up in a blanket being like oh I'm, I'm done I'm, I'm not an author to be like okay let's sit by the computer for five minutes mm-hmm. with a word doc or he'll he'll encourage me he'll he'll let me have the space to to be dramatic and, yeah. and uh, say that i'm quitting but then he'll be like all right let's let's think do you actually want to quit because I'll, I'll support you if you do mm-hmm. but would you like to just sit with the computer for like five ten minutes <laughs> that's so, okay. It's, he's a good balance and a good good support. <laughs> yeah, I wonder too. If there, is there any? Are there any like YA authors that you kind of like draw like creative inspiration from? Yeah, I love um, a lot of authors. Um, I wrote down a list of because <laughs> I always forget when I ask. Um, but I love oh, especially queer um, queer authors, and just there's been so much more queer literature lately, mm-hmm. which is really great. Um, so Adam Sass is, is someone, uh, he, uh, he wrote, um, Surrender Your, Surrender Your Sons, which is about, um, it's a YA and it's parents, uh, or mother sends her kid to like a conversion camp mm. and the kid has to then sort of escape oh, the conversion camp. So it's, it's intense, but it's really good. Yeah. And then at the same time, he also wrote one called The 99 Boyfriends of Micah Summers and that's sort of a YA, uh, Cinderella Mm. rom-com very queer, very good Um, one of the best books that I've read that I think is We Deserve Monuments by Jazz Hammonds let's see what other authors do I like Um, Adam Silvera um, trying to think now Um, is that the Dante and Aristotle author? um, Adam Silvera wrote more uh, 
was more happy than not. Mm. Um, I think he wrote a blurb for Dante and Aristotle. Uh, I'm not sure. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, what else is he written? He wrote They Both Die at the End. Mm-hmm. Um, see, there's just any one who's like emerging in the queer queer author field, I just really love to be immersed in, the, in that, yeah. those books. Well, thank you. And so, and obviously, there is a queer theme to Forsooth. So, yes. what do you want us to know about your your new book? Yeah. So, Forsooth is about 13-year-old Calvin Conroy. He is a theater kid. He just he wants to be a star on the stage. However, <laughs> he has some anxiety, some stage fright, and in the middle of the school show, he. He gets caught up and he can't remember his lines and he starts to sort of have this uh, nervous panic attack and he he ends up falling off the stage and in his mind ruining the entire school show. And so that's the prologue of the book. And after that, the rest of the book is him trying to repair his reputation, trying to prove that he is an actor and a good friend and he didn't ruin the show. Mm. Also, while sort of encountering or realizing that he's experiencing his first gay crushes mm. um, while living in a, a Catholic religious home and thinking that, like, wait, this this is impossible. Mm. What's going on? And so it's, it's somewhat of a love triangle while also very much about theater kids and resilience and, and overcoming stage fright and and realizing maybe that your mistakes are not mm. quite as bad as, as they are in your mind. Yeah, and there's the the like female best friend character. It's like some yes. yeah. So his his best friend is named Kennedy Kennedy Carmichael, and she <laughs> is perhaps a more talented actress, we'll say. And she was the star of the show that he fumbled. She was Cinderella, and so she um, she decides to apply to. Uh, this acting school in New York City and she gets in and so at the beginning of the summer she reveals that she's going to be leaving and he he realizes that nobody looks at him without Kennedy because he's always sort of in the back of her spotlight and mm. so he, he decides that he's got to convince her to stay mm. and so he gathers the rest of his friends together to make a movie to that's going to be so amazing it's going to convince her oh wow I, I was wrong to leave and so th- throughout the story they're making this film which is well, not very good, but they really think it's going to just convince her that that this is where it's at. Mm. Yeah, I liked that it was, I mean, I remember, like, 13 is, what, like, 7th or 8th grade? Yeah, 7th. So, in the book, they've just finished 7th grade, and they're in the summer right before 8th. Wow. Yeah, I remember 7th grade as, like, one of the worst years of my life, socially. Yeah. Like, that, I feel like that really, really brought out that anxiety and worry about, um friendships like this this person is the most important person to me in the world and if they leave then I'll be like what will that mean for me and like yeah. and I really like that like some of the book is written like through text messages or unanswered yeah. text messages or like that part there's a lot of yeah. unanswered texts yeah. in very dramatic case yeah I really it felt like I it really like evoked a lot of feelings from middle school which for better or worse but yeah <laughs> but I feel like that's a powerful book that can do that for sure yeah yeah Thanks. and there was also like a religious component right to his yeah. sort of ident- like sort of identity formation in the book yeah, so growing up, I grew up in a, in a Catholic, more conservative household, too, and so there's a, a little bit of, of my sort of anxieties of, of being religious and, and gay. Um, 
I so there was a lot less media I would say when I was growing <laughs> up you know um, when I was about this age um, I didn't really know that being gay was even a thing mm-hmm. and so I experienced I feel like really intense crushes but didn't know mm-hmm. that I was experiencing crushes mm-hmm. so I thought they were like really explosive friendships or like mm-hmm. really awkward, uncomfortable, confusing friendships. Yeah. And so I had several of these before I like even saw a gay character or knew mm-hmm. what that was. Um, I feel like I kind of figured things out a little bit more in high school, but I didn't actually come out or like finalize my coming out until like after college. Really. Yeah. So um, there's definitely a little bit of my of my upbringing in this book as like denial and confusion and just fear about what what is going on. I don't I don't understand mm-hmm. this friendship or why it's it's going in this direction when that doesn't feel right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I and there's a lot of kind of like complexity to like all the family relationships, like the two different like the the two boys in his life, and then the, the and then Kennedy, and I also love the older sister character and her yeah. sort of just like. I, I feel like she's a really important character for Calvin. It was, it's very sweet. I don't want to give away too much of the plot, but yeah, yeah. I feel like there's a lot of my sister in, in that sister character. And I dedicated this book to my sister. Um, hopefully, she's not listening until she reads the book. But <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, there's definitely a lot of that. There's, like there's teasing between the siblings mm. until maybe it's not time to tease. Yeah. So I think there's mm. that's what I was going for with that that relationship. Yeah. Yeah, and um, I wonder kind of what you hope for people to take from this book, either parents or youth that are reading it. Yeah, um, so I feel like, again, I wrote this book for me or for someone like me, and so I would like someone who who reads this book, especially a young reader, to, to take away, you know, oh, I'm not alone. Mm-hmm. There, There's kids like me who are having these thoughts that are confusing, um, and that things are going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I liked that... Um, I mean, I'm not going to say too much, but there were some, <laughs> there were some like, kind of... Not surprises, but I, I kind of like a book where you can look back at the, the like, opening scene and have a different understanding of it by the end. And that, yeah. I, I, I did plant some seeds in the prologue <laughs> that are addressed later throughout, especially. Yeah. Great. Um... Anything else you want to say about the book, or maybe where we can find it when it comes out? Yeah, so it comes out November 7th, which is a Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Um, it, you can find it anywhere that books are sold, um, Barnes & Noble, a local bookshop. If they don't carry it, you can ask them to carry mm-hmm. it. Um, there's a website called uh, bookshop.org where mm-hmm. you can, I think that's where you can kind of buy from your local bookstore, but it's online. Yeah. Um, also Amazon, if that's where you want to get books, that, that's, that's fine, it's there as well. Um, yeah, and I'm also doing an event um, on November 11th, it's a Saturday at 3, it's an acting at the Silver Unicorn, which oh. is a, a local acting bookstore, it's very cute. Um, so I'll be doing an event there, I don't quite know what it's, it's going to look like yeah. yet, I have to... Uh, plan that in the next two months, uh, but there will be an event, I'll be there, I can sign, 
Great. Yeah, I've had a lot of luck at Porter Square Books requesting books. They, they seem yeah. to get them in pretty quickly. Yeah, they do. I think they have, where they had signed copies of my Axe Imaginary Friend oh, there. Um, I'll try to get them some, some signed copies of Forsooth as well. Great, yeah. So any anything else you want to plug? So that sounds like you have two events, the book's coming out. Can we find your first book at all those same Yes, so you can find my first book at all, at all those same places as well. Um, check it out at your local library. It would be great. Um, yeah, I think that's that's it. Yeah. We need to We'll see. Um, depending on how how sales are, I'm, I'm hoping to write a sequel at some <laughs> point. But we'll we'll see. It'll depend on the first one does. But there are some. Uh, I won't say anything. But there are some unanswered questions. Mm-hmm. I think that that could be addressed in, yeah. in a sequel. I know I've been well we I read the the Heartstopper series and then oh, yeah. yeah and they made a Netflix show about it but um, I feel like that's one that's been it's been fun to follow them as they get older in that story so yeah. it'll be it's, interesting to see yeah. Calvin in high school. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Well, um, thank you so much for joining me and yeah, of course. Yeah, good luck with the book. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. The Medford Bites podcast is produced and moderated by Danielle Balaka and Chelly Kesheman. Music is made by Hendrik Idenis. We'd love to hear what you think about the podcast. You can reach out to us by email at medfordpod at gmail.com, or you can rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Thanks so much for listening. Guys, what's the name of the podcast? Never bites. Never bites. <laughs> Go